0: welcome to daily bread with jam a podcast by the holy spirit you channel i'm michelle wicked servants wicked servants as i continue to share and drive the point home hopefully about the pivot out of season a season of cursing into a season of blessing we have to talk about wicked servants i am going to read through some scriptures today to make the point to share to give context all of those things but even if you are not even if you are in a place of unbelief non-belief disbelief even if we use our capacity for deductive reasoning which is not what we are to be governed by but it is a tool that god uses not for us to rely on, but for us to be illuminated by the Holy Spirit in, in terms of guiding our decision-making, even if we only rely on our intellect. He gives a scripture that says, knowledge puffs up. And I always think about that like uh, cheese puffs, not, not the crunchy ones. The, the crunchy ones, consider those unleavened. But he says, you're full of air. Just because you know something doesn't mean that that makes you righteous. It means you know something. So even if we just rely on our deductive reasoning or our intellect, he is very clear about what he shows us, very strategic, he being God in and through Jesus Christ, God in creation, son in demonstration and manifestation, or manifestation in demonstration. And then Holy Spirit and transformation, that is the purpose. That's why we're here, to be transformed, to become sons, to be adopted. We say all of these things, but we do not take the time to think about the gravity and the weightiness of what that actually means. So we're going to talk about it today. Wicked servants, even if you don't believe at this moment, you should be able to pick this up from just the basic deductive reasoning and intellectual faculties. If we actually are reading to understand and to hear God, he will show us what he means. If not, you're just gonna keep quoting scriptures like you know everything. So let's go to, I think right now, I have three scriptures. And uh, I am holding on to the King James Bible that my sister gave me many years ago, I think for my birthday or Christmas. Uh, They only happen to be three days apart, but I am grateful to have a family that has always honored both my birthday and Christmas. So I'm grateful for that. I still have this Bible with the original cover, although it's I don't know how many years old, and it's still in good shape. So uh, I hold it close. I have all kinds of writings in here. You should write in your Bible. That's, That's why I believe in having print. You need to interact with the Word. The Word is not about technology. Technology is a tool just like everything else. It's a resource. So I use technology all the time. But when I'm trying to hear from the Lord, when I need to hear more than what I'm hearing from him, I move away from technology, and I get my hands on his word, or I get somewhere where I'm not distracted by technology. Uh, You're welcome. That was a side note. But at any rate, Matthew 25, 26, that's where we're going to be, at least for this first scripture. And today on Daily Bread with Jan, I'm talking about wicked servants. Now. As I always say, read the full gospel. Read the whole Bible. Stop trying to make your situation fit with the word or, I mean, the the word fit with your situation. God knows better, and he doesn't bless that. You may be, and that's called deceiving yourself. Um, We have to all understand that we were born imperfect. Okay, We don't like to talk about the S word, sin, uh, but we all have it. We don't like to talk about it because people have made other people to feel as if they're the only ones that have it. No, we all have it. Consider it a chronic illness of humanity. And what I actually say in terms of S-I-N, sin, is we are seriously in need of healing. Seriously in need. So hopefully that helps you today. Stop looking at other people as if they have sin and you don't. know. we all have it. Take that pressure off. Take that weight off and stop doing that to people. That's not what the Lord did for us. He actually came to give us a way to move away from the effects of it sin, seriously in need of healing, Um, and restoration, and redemption, and salvation, and all of those things, but I'll go there another day. All right, so I am in Matthew 25. The key verse, the verse that I'm going to key on is 26, because the the scripture is actually, this part, this actually actual chapter is 46, uh, is 46 verses. I'm not going to read all 46 verses but I am going to key on significant verses. Now, understand that he <laughs> – this is the parable of the ten virgins, actually. And so there are, are, there are lessons after lessons. All of this is Jesus speaking. So if you go to your King James, it's all in red. Anytime you see that in the King James, in case you didn't know, I'm not saying it is. if you don't, but in case you don't know, that's where Jesus is speaking. This is all Jesus talking. Now, I need you to get a hold of that. Because we need to stop throwing these things around as if Jesus isn't paying attention and he doesn't know any better. He is paying attention, and he does know better. We deceive ourselves. We exclude ourselves. Right? But he's given us everything we need. Everything, if you look at another place in the Word, it says everything, everything pertaining to life and godliness. Godliness everything pertaining to life and godliness. That's why our excuses and our attitudes and our beefs and all of these other things don't matter to God because he says, I've given you a way out of that. I've given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. We throw it back at him and say, this isn't good enough. Or it's good enough for me, but it's not good enough for somebody else. Jesus, you didn't do enough. I'm going to say that I believe you, but I'm going to act like I don't. I really don't. I'm really mad at you because of what happened to me or or my family or my friends or because you didn't answer my prayer the way that I wanted. You didn't perform a magic act instead of teaching me how to walk by faith. But he's telling us, he's told us everything we need to know, everything, he says. And this applies to every person. Remember that Abraham was blessed to bless all of the families in the earth. That lineage continues today. We are here to bless to be vessels through which the Lord can bless all the families of the earth. He is not exclusive. We are exclusive. He is inclusive. We exclude ourselves and then blame it on the Lord and everybody else. But he's not having that. And I need you to be very clear. Because when the time of each of our transition comes, one, we leave alone. And we have to face the Lord on our own, alone and on our own. There's not going to be anybody there to blame. There's not going to be anybody there to make excuses for us. He says, I've already given you everything. That's why excuses mean nothing to me. That's why you blaming other people means nothing to me because I've told you how to handle these situations. So verse 26. I'm going to start here and then I'll back up. His Lord answered. Jesus speaking, his Lord answered and said unto him, Thou, or you wicked and slothful or lazy servant, Thou knewest, you knew, that I reap where I sowed not or where I did not sow, and gather where I have not strawed. Strahd is uh, a part of the process, a part of, a part of the farming process. So he's saying, you knew all of this. Because what's happening, let me, go, let me go back for a minute before I go forward. What's happening in verse 25 is that the servant, who is acting in a spirit of false humility, we'll talk about that another day, which is also pride and the lord hates that in all of us i'm not talking about specific things i'm talking about that thing that makes us feel uh believe that we are better than god and then we want to show we want to try to humble ourselves in a false way let's put it that way his lord uh and, and i was afraid so i'm backing up now i was in matthew 25 26 that's where i started Backing up one verse to Matthew twenty five twenty five, the servant had told the Lord, or, or his Lord, and I was afraid, making excuses, deflecting, and went and hid, wait, I think I'm reading this wrong. And I was afraid, this is the, the servant talking, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. This is what the servant, the recap of what the servant has said. Lo, you have what you're going to get, basically. The word actually says in Matthew 25:25, thou, there thou hast that is thine. Now, I know a lot of people read the Bible and they get hung up over these words. Please don't be, that's, that's a distraction, and that's a ploy to move you away from actually studying and learning the word, and even if you need help with reading, do not be ashamed of that. The Lord will help you read his word. That's what Holy Spirit is for. So we have no excuses. Right? So don't let these things trip you up. I'm trying to share with you not to um, say that you don't know, but for those that may struggle with these things, when you do read the Bible, people actually step away from the Bible, particularly the King James Version, and go to other versions that do not carry the same weight because of how they're written. They might convey a meaning, but I believe there's a weight on the King James, spiritually speaking, that does not rest on any other translation. It doesn't mean that the value of the meaning is not the same and that Holy Spirit is not going to use it. If that's all you have, then that's what you use. So I'm not telling you to do what I do. I'm just sharing with you why I use the King James. So basically, we have false humility and excuse-making, deflection from this servant who's saying, oh, um, yeah, I'm, I, I know you to be all of this and that and the other. So he's giving lip service, and he's expecting that, the person that entrusted to him the responsibility of doing what he needed to do to bring back a harvest. Now, we'll talk about the investment piece of this because I know we, we major on, interestingly enough, we major on the, 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 the supposed principle of sowing money as seed. But this is more investment. Investment also multiplies, but investment is different than sowing, and I'll tell you why, agriculturally speaking. Investment is not a farming process. Investment is a process that multiplies money, but it doesn't actually bring life. It doesn't – the process of investment does not bring life. Think about what I'm saying, and I'll go into that a little deeper in another segment. We're going to talk about the difference between sewing and investment. So he says, I told you to go invest, and you coming at me saying you know all of these things about me, and the, the, the lord of the house or the person that was overseeing the house and entrusted these responsibilities to the servant says, well, if you know all of these things, then you should have gone and done what I told you. That's basically what he's saying. You claim you know, and yet you don't act like you know. This is how we treat the Lord, by the way. Oh, Lord, I know you to be holy and righteous and true, and, and you are ever-present and uh, all-knowing and all-powerful, but I'm going to go do my thing and think you don't know. David said, if I go to heaven, you're there. If I go to hell, you're there. And he's everywhere in between. Any questions? This servant is trying to con the person who gave him the responsibility who, by the way, already knew who this servant was. I am certain that the person who was the overseer already knew the personality and the, the tendencies and the inclination of this particular person, which is why he only got one. Because he says, let's see what you're going to do. I'm going to leave you in charge, and I'm going to give you something. But I'm not going to give you what I'm giving the other two. So let's back up again. He says, then he which had received the one talent came. This is still Jesus talking. Jesus is telling a story. Lord, I knew thee, so this is what I just said. Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man. Hard working, relentless, merciless, and I don't mean that in a mean way. That's not what this is saying. He knows business. He knows how to get things done. And so he's basically, this is a business person. It doesn't, we're not clear as to whether or not he has a family, so we're not going to talk about that. But he's at a minimum a good business person. And that's what this wicked servant is playing on. I'm going to to appeal to his ego. Gender reference intended. I'm going to uh, appeal to his ego. I knew you to be, I know you to be these things. Reaping where you had not sown, so investing, running his business. He's getting a harvest of things where he may not have been the original seed sower. We are all part of this process, by the way. We are reaping harvests of things where we were not the original seed sower, but we're also reaping a harvest of things that we are the original seed sower. The harvest is dictated by the seed. The seed dictates, dictates the harvest. Keep that in mind as you look at your life. So he's making excuses he's deflecting he's giving every excuse possible and every reason he can come up with false humility for why he's poor and doesn't have more than he has and i'm telling you right now that based on the principle that jesus is conveying when the when the overseer left he already knew that good leaders always know their people it doesn't mean that they don't try to help them, support them, give them other opportunities, bear with them, give them grace, give them instruction, offer them training. Do not think he left this one talent in the hand of a person that he didn't know, even just one. I need you to think about that because Jesus is telling, Jesus speaks parabolically. So he's telling the story about the wicked servant, but he's also talking about many of us. This, all of this is about us, not them, not they. It's about us. Well, those disciples, no, we are those disciples. If we believe, if we are attempting to believe, if we are earnestly desiring to believe, we are the disciples. Stop excluding yourself out of things that the Lord could help you grow out of and into victory with and into blessing with. So part of the issue with many of us is that we haven't stopped long enough to take responsibility for our own short fallings to the extent where the Lord by his spirit can actually bring healing and restoration into our lives. And so we live our lives constantly making, constantly deflecting, constantly blaming other people, constantly making excuses about why we didn't, couldn't, shouldn't, or wouldn't do what he instructed us to do and so we go around what i call uh poor mouthing and saying well i couldn't because i knew you were gonna and this and that okay and say that with the lord he already knows you so that approach is egregious That approach, when, when we use that approach, he, he saw us coming. This is what we've got to understand. Jesus already knows us. We may not know him, but he knows us. And so everything, every circumstance, every situation, whether we like it or not, he already knows us. And so what are we going to tell him? If he's all-knowing, what are we going to say to Jesus except the truth? except being authentic about our shortcomings and our short failings. That's all he's looking for. Jesus is not trying to, he's not going to compete with our ego, because he says that's that's not going to get us anything. The thing that needed to be done, he did. Death, burial, resurrection. Death on the cross, burial, resurrection. Outpouring of Holy Spirit. That's it. That's everything that needed to be, that was the completion of the process. When, you, when he said it is finished on the cross, what do you think he was talking about? He wasn't talking about I'm getting ready to die now, although that was a part of the process. He was saying the work that I was sent here to do is complete. I am up on this cross. The rest now, thought, it thought, He because he also says in that same event, my God, my God, why has you forsaken me? Why is he saying that? Because there was a moment in all eternity when Father, the Father of Heaven, God Almighty, could not look at his own son for the sin that he was bearing on our behalf. And he turned away. And that was a place where Jesus had never been. So in that moment, Jesus felt the weight, literally, of all sin. He couldn't say it is finished if he didn't know where it began. And we're going to come to him with excuses and deflections and blame and exclusion. Because we don't know how to handle it, but he's already told us. Remember, judgment starts at the house of God, those that claim to be his. That's where judgment starts, not with somebody else. So I don't care how much we look around and point fingers. He's still talking to you, Wh- whoever you is, myself included. The Bible is written to one and all at the same time. But we like to say, oh, well, that doesn't apply to me. No, no, it does, especially New Testament. Yeah, it applies to you. Our job is not to get everything right, not to do everything perfectly. We are not to be performative when it comes to believing in God. We are to be obedient. It's all throughout the Scripture, literally. Genesis to Revelation, starting with Adam. Then we want to get into, so you see deflection even there. Well, the woman you gave me. (laughs) <laughs> he said, no, Adam, I told you what to do. Even if she brought you the fruit, you still, why'd you eat? It's not that he was greater than the woman. They, were, they had same authority, different function. Different function. I don't have to compete with you if, my, if, if I have a different function. We're not supposed to be competing with, anywhere, any, with each other anyway. That's another story. Every member has a significant function. Every member is significant in their function. It's only when I'm trying to be somebody else or when you're trying to be somebody else, that competition. He says, why are there uh, envyings and all? He said, because you're coveting. You're wanting to be something that I didn't make you to be. You're wanting to do things that I didn't call you to do. I told so-and-so to have three, uh, five talents or ten talents. I didn't ask you to have ten talents because I'm going to multiply your one. How do you know you're not going to get a hundred? See, this is we don't we don't get this. And so going back, I was planning to do three scriptures today. I'm only going to get the one. If you go back and look at all all of Matthew, really, you know, most of it's in red. But really, all of the Bible, read the whole Bible, read it in context. Stop trying to customize the Bible. It doesn't work that way. We like the flavor of the day. That's not how it works. He's all knowing; knows the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning. So there's, and 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 the word of God is not subject to interpretation. Now we that doesn't mean we won't try to interpret it. It just means it's not subject to. It doesn't change because we interpret it, right? Well, because we use it out of context, that doesn't mean anything changed. So basically, like we like to say, we want to say this and and have it uh, stick. Uh, I'm gonna. Just share that when he says, I said what I said, that's what's going to stick. But we are also in a period of great grace. So we're coming out of, the Lord would not be telling us, to pivot into a period of blessing and life if we weren't all under a period of grace. His mercy is new every morning. As long as his mercy is new every morning, then there has to be grace. Grace and mercy. They work together. But grace, even though we are under grace, you may not feel the effect of grace if you are not earnestly seeking to please the Lord. Without faith, you cannot please him. This is for believer and unbeliever alike. Just because you don't believe doesn't mean you can't. You still have the opportunity. Every person on earth, in earth, every human has the same opportunity. It is literally the only place in our existence where we can say that he died for all the savior of the world not for a church not for a church group he says i died for all if you want to uh, be a part of this relationship then i'm more than i will take you that's what he says i want you all to be a part of my family that's this is god talking we get caught up in the details because we don't like the way he did it uh all of these other things we don't like how he does it we don't like the process we don't like the people And so we exclude ourselves. This servant excluded himself from a blessing. If I have one and you have 10, I can look at your 10 and covet your 10, but that's not going to do anything with my one except maybe cause me to lose it. Because the focus isn't on me doing what I need to do with your things, with your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your resources. The focus for each and every single one of us is to do what we are supposed to do with what we have been given ourselves because since this is all spiritual, we do not know, we have not yet imagined the level of blessing or multiplication that can take something that looks like nothing and make it more than we, we, we don't know. We, we, haven't, we haven't believed at that level yet. We like to sow into the problem and then wonder why we get a harvest of problems rather than sowing into the solution, faith, obedience, love, peace, joy, and reaping that harvest. We are not willing to work that hard that consistently by the spirit of God to make that happen in this world. And so we continue to deflect. Well, they, well, if they had, if they they hadn't have, if I only had, I like what they have better than I like what I have. And so we are continually living in a, a spirit of cursing. We are continuing continually speaking death over the resources, even our own selves. Oh, I don't like this about myself. Well it's okay to not to like it, but take it before the Lord. Lord, is there anything is this right? If we say he knows everything, we gotta accept the whole thing. Even if you can't embrace everything about yourself right now. Then those areas that you struggle with, put it before the Lord, and he's either going to say, okay, uh, Paul, I gave you a thorn in the flesh, or I want you to look this way because it's going to attract people that I need you to win, people that I need you to live out the life of faith before so that they can come into the kingdom. We don't think about what the Lord intended. We think about what we want and why we don't have and why we should have it. The overseer left one talent with the person he knew wouldn't do anything with it, and yet many of us, all of us, have more than one talent. Maybe not financially, maybe we're close. Maybe financially, maybe we do have one talent. That's not the point. The point is, what are you going to do with what he gave you? We think that because we have less, we are less. He never said that. There is nothing about the Lord that any of us can ever pull from that he made anybody feel less. In fact, the people that were made to feel less by society were actually the ones he drew to and that were drawn to him. What does it take for us to get this? Yes, it takes the revelation of the Lord, but once he gives the revelation, what what are we doing with that? Are we cursing the revelation or are we blessing the level revelation? When you receive something, everything is a test after a certain point in our lives. And it might be different for each of us because we all grow at different rates just like we do physically. We all go spiritually at different rates just like we do physically. That's why he says I need you to be patient. Because they're in a different part of the process than you might be. So i have Doing daily bread with jam, not because I know everything, really. The the older I get, the less I know. Let me just say that right now. I'm here because I know that I have a responsibility to share what I do know. I'm still working on it every single day just like I, I, I challenge you to do. I'm still repenting every single day just like I challenge you to do. I still have moments where it's like, Lord, really? This is what we're doing right now? Just like you do. I just don't mind saying it. But God is faithful who promised. And we need to stop saying things that curse us and start making today the, in, the earnest effort, the sincere and authentic, truthful, honest effort to become who he called and made us to be. It is time for us to become what he made us to be. We didn't come here as we came here with the potential and the promise of becoming. But guess what? That's tied to our choices. Because one of the key things of our composition as human beings that every single one of us has been given is free choice. He says, okay, I've done everything. You can choose it or you cannot choose. You You can choose it or you don't have to choose it. But I keep putting, I keep showing you what life looks like. And I want I'm telling you, choose life. And what do we do? We curse that. Well, what does that mean? And what, well, uh, we want to go study it. Nope, just do it. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves. So we want to speak out of ego and intellect and deficit thinking. We need to understand. We Then we want to go to go publicly or privately and say my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory yes as long as you choose that as long as you choose him that's what will happen he didn't do this thing and make us automatic we're not clones that's why I said none should perish said says none should because he has accounted for the fact that everybody's not going to choose him, although everyone has the same opportunity. If we don't forgive, we are disqualified. period. the, law, the Lord is not going to break his eternal law for any of us. He wants us to participate. He's done everything that he could do to make it possible for us to accept that and step into a life of love, and forgiveness, and joy, and peace, and more. Go read Galatians 5, 22, and 23. I know I'm missing some. It wasn't my intention to quote all of those. But we have the choice. We are being tested every moment after a certain age because we have this. we have the period of time when we're in school. The law was a schoolmaster, he said. The law was to show you all the things you needed to do. But I'm going to bring grace. Right? You can do the 603 things under the 10 categories that we call commandments. You can do those 600 things. But I'm going to bring grace where I'm going to fulfill the law and then all I need you to do is to humble yourself, believe in me, be filled with the spirit who's going to transform you. The, the other helper, the teacher, the comforter. Who do y'all think that is? Because I used to say to the Lord, well, if it were up to me, I would have I would have uh well if I had the power, or not if I had the power like I was trying to be God, not that, but I know you've said it too. Where you where you're in a situation, it's not quite going the way you want, the outcome isn't quite what you thought it would be, and you're like, Lord, you know I can't handle it because if I would have I would have done something different. And every time now I hear him say, and it would have been wrong. Right, So whether it's the timing of the Lord, the amount of the resource, everything becomes part of the process. But the seed is the word of God, and that's what I I need you all to understand. The seed is never something other than the word of God, being sown by the spirit of God. So I can read the Bible to you because I earnestly desire for you that Christ be made real to you. That you come into this thing, that we move out of these uh, religious constructs that limit us into a place of understanding, a place of blessing, and understanding that what Christ did, what he gives, the love he has is eternal and it is more than enough for each and every single one of us. We are not limiting him. I mean, he is not limited. We are limiting him because we have decided. We have decided. And so we interfere with the process of blessing when, in fact, the lineage of Christ says, I came to bless all the families of the earth. All. All. A-L-L. All. If you don't know what that means, look it up. But we talk like we did something. We didn't. We're all in the same boat. I have to believe and do the things of obedience and uh, walking out. Oh, by the way, in case I haven't said it, your deliverance. Is embedded in your obedience. So literally, when you obey the Lord, you're He's walking you out of some things into life, out of, into blessing, out of cursing. Is it easy? No. But it is simple. And it's available to all. A L L. Not just those you like, not just those that look like you, not just those that live near you, have the same amount of money, have a great credit score, go to the same school. The the constructs that we place on other humans, ourselves and other humans, do not apply in the kingdom of God. I'm not sure why we don't understand that yet. They carry no weight with him. Because he says, I've done everything, I've I've done everything, and I've told you everything that you need to know. He's done everything, but he hasn't necessarily told us everything. He's told us what we need to know. He's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. So he says, the servant says, well, I knew you'd be a hard man. He's seen the other two servants with more than he had. And a lot of us are doing this right now. We're very poor-minded. And when we're like that, what we're saying is God is not sufficient. You can't say, I don't believe I have enough, even though sometimes it seems like that. I've been there, done that. So I'm not saying it's unrealistic. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm saying that I'm le- I am have had to learn, and you will have to, too, if you're still doing it, that you can't say, I don't have enough, and God will supply. You can't. That can't come out of the same mouth. Him supplying is not based on what you have. It's based on what you need. All my needs. And what you need, even with what you consider or what I consider to be not enough, we may have more than we need, or we may have what we need. We, You've got to think about this thing differently. You ask the Lord to renew your mind. First of all, renewing your mind is not psychology, it's not us positive thinking. He didn't say. Renew your mind. He said, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's not something we can accomplish. We can collaborate with him and say, Lord, what are these areas? Because I believe this, but I'm acting like this. When we become that self aware and that intentional about connecting what we believe to how we speak, first of all, how we think, think. uh, Let me use a bigger term because he's not just talking about intellectually. Think how the soul operates, what's going on, the soul activity, which includes thoughts and decision making. So, senses, all of those things, all of those sensors, all of those signals that are sent out of the spirit into the soul. How are we translating those things? By the Spirit of God. And we have to be honest enough to say what we really believe. Sitting in church, And saying we believe God and then walking out past people on the street who don't have anything to eat or treating each other like dirt because somebody sat in my seat or parked in my spot, he's not honoring any of that. That's why our lives continue to look the way they do. We're cursing the blessing. We're cursing the opportunity. We're desiring things that weren't meant for us. We're trying to control the situation, but telling God he's in charge. God, we love you, but we don't want you in the room. God, we love you, but I got this handled. And he's going to say, okay. He's not going to fight us for it. You can be on the throne, or he's going to be on the throne, but he's not going to fight you for it. And every moment, very often, it may not be every moment, but frequently in your life, you've got to ask yourself the question, who do I have on the throne in my life? Am I really willing to be obedient to the Lord? Not perfect, but endeavor, right? He says belief is what you need. Faith, I have to believe, and then he'll, he'll manifest it. He's the one that makes it happen because he's already done it. We don't even have enough information to know where to start, but we think we got it under control. Control is a myth. And if you've lived long enough, you understand that. I should be at the post office right now, or the library. What do I mean by that? When I was younger, I was very shy and introverted to boot. So my career was going to be at the post office or the library. That's what I was going to be doing. I love books. I still do to this day. I love libraries. I even still love the post office, to be honest with you, the structure of it. I'm a military brat, and so military brats will understand. There's something about the structure of things. I don't know. I don't know if it's a comfort, but the order of it. So I should be at the post office of the library right now, not doing this podcast. But if you live long enough, in my mind, I had it all figured out. That's the course I was going to take. Or be. I was going to sit behind a desk and 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 do some things with papers. And I do that to a certain extent still now today, but my role, whether in work or ministry or whatever you want to call it, is not what I'm doing today. I, had, I never thought of when I was little. And if you look back at what you thought about when you were little, aside from any challenging situations, if you look back at who you were when you were little, what you thought about, your desires, your ambitions, the Lord was showing you then. What he had for you to do. I'm a singer songwriter. I've always loved music. I also never saw myself singing publicly, but I did. So, again, even in that, I always loved music. Ever since I was two or three years old, my parents, we grew up in a home with all kinds of music, and I'm grateful to my parents for that. My father would get equipment. He served in the military served in overseas so he would bring back equipment that wasn't yet available in the states and we would he would plug him and my mom would plug in the microphones and we would have these family sing-alongs so i always loved to sing but i never saw myself as a singer publicly and then i got challenged in junior high school to go sing publicly and so i did that too not professionally I thought I would do it professionally at one day, but that wasn't what, not in the way that I thought. At that time, that's not what happened. But I continued to sing in church and in other, uh, I used to travel all all, all over Europe to sing. And I say that for this reason, because I would have never seen that for myself. And I got accustomed to it, aside from the post office and the library ambitions. I got accustomed to it. And I'm sharing this with you because talents, gifts, abilities, you already know what those things are if you can see through your circumstances the lord has already put those things in you but you have to go back and be able to clear the fog of your circumstances and your situations and your hurts and your pains to get back to that to understand what he was showing you as a child so how do i feel how did i feel when because of cancer that i was not supposed to survive i ha- i couldn't sing i could hardly talk i couldn't sing anymore I was hurt even though that was never on the – you see what I'm saying? But he knew, and he since restored that in ways that I have not yet imagined. I could not never have imagined. I'm saying that to say you don't know what he's given you in the way that he knows what he's given you. You don't know anything about you in the way that God has… Considered the entirety of what he's doing. Just like the overseer said, I'm going to give you one, but I know I gave them ten and five. I just need to see what you're going to do with your one. That's the test. That's why he says, don't covet, because you don't know what comes with all of that. They are graced for that, but you may not be graced for that. So why do we continue to curse the blessing? This is a time and a season. I'm going to get back to the last part of this scripture or the last few things I want to say uh, before I close out for this segment. We have got to earnestly endeavor individually and thus collectively because the collective does not happen without the individuals that contribute to it. So what we are getting is what we have put into it. We are reaping what we have sown. The question for each of us is how much of of this is spiritual, right, that I got it. Because someone else sowed it and didn't repent or didn't resolve it. Because sowing is good and bad. We think harvest means good. No, it doesn't. It's a harvest of righteousness, but there's also a harvest of unrighteousness. When you look at your own life, what have you sown? What are you sowing? And if you don't like it, and I don't mean like it as in it's not good, you just don't like it. you just in your feelings. That's a point of repentance. We have the capacity when something comes to us that does not align in our lives or in the world, which is people, then we take that to the Lord. And we say, Lord, I'm just going to lay this. This is challenging. I don't understand it. I need your help. Whatever it is. Or we say thank you. First, we need to say thank you. I repent, I forgive. Thank you very much. I bless you. I bless this day, everything and everyone in it. I bless you right now if you're listening to this. You and the entirety of your family and your existence because this is the spirit in which God has called us. God has called us to operate. Not in this foolishness we continue to perpetuate and perpetrate for that matter. Because we don't like so-and-so, and and they they don't deserve, really? When we say that, that means we forfeit everything he has for us. Not because he wants and doesn't wanna give it, but because we don't know how to receive it. We've gotta do better, and we don't have an excuse. We've gotta become better, and we don't have an excuse. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy. Holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth. That means it's got to come to us, in us first. In the earth and vessel, in the earth, before it can be on the earth. That's the process. That's the order. Give us this day our daily bread, and I'll add the jam. And forgive us as contractual, if then. That's covenant language. As we forgive. So if you're not asing, he's not forgiving. Don't deceive yourself. He said what he said. You can interpret it to make yourself feel better about it, but he said what he said. And that applies to every single one of us. One of us. Stop calling out people publicly, either individuals, groups, whatever, because you're in the same boat they're in. It just may look different. We don't have to be doing the same things to be afflicted in the same way. We all have the same disease, SIN, seriously in need of healing, but mine may look different. Where it manifests in my life may look different than where it manifests in your life, but we're all in the same boat. So stop calling people out. You're not exempt. That's why he says, I came for all of you, and that is what we have to echo. That is what we have to believe, and if we don't believe, we're not aligned with the Lord. This servant thought he was pulling one over, pulling the wool over, and was going to soothe the master's, the overseer's ego. Oh, I knew you to be a hard man, and he's throwing them all these compliments. He's like, really? I was hoping you would do better than this, but I should have known. I was giving you yet another opportunity with just the one talent, just to see if you could follow the instructions. Because I had something for you that you have now forfeited. Wicked servants. How much of your life, are you cursing rather than blessing? How many opportunities have you missed because you decided that what you knew, believed, felt, saw, tasted, desired was greater than what the Lord could do in and through you? It's not too late. I am grateful for the grace of God to me and my family, but also for you, because it's still there. He's not exclusive. He is inclusive. The grace is there right now for all of us. To humble ourselves, to repent and turn from our own set of wicked ways. The heart is evil. Who can know it? That's a rhetorical question. He knows it. That's why he says it. We can turn right now. And begin to pivot and pivot. I don't want to say begin to. Pivot into the life of blessing. Pivot into the blessing and away from the curse. Pivot into life and out of death. If you're experiencing some things that you believe are coming out of a not-God place, then pivot out of that. You have the opportunity from a generational standpoint. If it came to you, that means you also can take it to God for him to break that in and through your life. asset god is about assets if that helps you understand there is nothing about god that is a deficit position everyone who exists at any moment in time he is more than capable of, capable of providing for 100 percent of what they need so anything That tells us different is a deception and a lie. When people say there's not enough, mm -mm. the earth and the fullness thereof, all they that there that that therein are, He can provide for 100% of every person. The question is, why doesn't that happen? Because we don't allow it, and He's not going to fight us for it. He gave us free choice. And what we see is the result of our choices, not his desire. He's told us, he's shown us, and he sent himself in spirit to execute and demonstrate, to perform. We can't perform. We obey. Then he performs. We say, yep, you can use me. Yep, I agree. Yep, I take the substitution. Yep, I give you my life, and I want to live yours. I give you, present your body a living sacrifice. It's oxymoronic because sacrifice is usually on an altar, as we see in the Old Testament. But he's saying, no, I need you to, need you to give up what you think it should be and let me actually make it what it's supposed to be. So your heart is always going to be on the altar, but I need you to keep moving because I'm going to make it all right. I cause all things to work together for your good but you're going you're, you're gonna to have constant be cues. That means you're on the altar. Metaphorically speaking, spiritually speaking, you have to be the one that's willing to give up what you think is your life and actually live the life of God by the power of his spirit in the name of Jesus. Available to every single person. Stop talking about equal opportunity, and the greatest equal opportunity ever is in christ it doesn't manifest here because that's not what we choose and then the execution is horrible so we are intent on excluding people when god says that's not who i am what i did was for everybody whosoever will i need you to understand that there will be some that have ten ten talents there will be some that have five talents There will always be someone that appears to have more than you. But I have also told you not to covet and and envy and be jealous because you don't know what your one can bring, what I have designed it to bring, just out of your obedience and your co-labor and collaboration with me. You don't know what's in that seed. You don't know how big that harvest is. I'm talking about true harvest, true seed, not just money, investment. If we operate according to to the laws of God, he will tell us what to do with every resource. I want to encourage you today. I want to challenge you. I want to thank you. I want to bless you. I want to love on you a little bit and just say, I appreciate you being here. We're spirit first, but we are manifested in these human bodies Spirit and soul, so that we can bring the love and the life of God or be vessels for. Let me change that because when I say we, we do it, Lord knows. Let's move to a place of repentance, humility, and allow him, he who humbles or they who humble themselves, shall be exalted. We need to come down off the altars. I mean, not the altars, forgive me, Lord, not the altars, the thrones. And we need to fall on our faces before the Lord privately first, and then he'll make it collective if that's what he wants it to be. But every single person who believes or is claiming to believe or desires to believe needs to endeavor to humble themselves and to actually repent. Repent for the kingdom is at hand, is what John said. Since the sacrifice of Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection has already taken place, the kingdom is now in hand. How much much more then should we repent? It's not that we should take anything for granted at all. We should have an assurance without taking advantage. Don't be a wicked servant. The test is always going to be somebody is going to look like they're doing better than you. The question is, how much are you willing to trust what you have and who you are to the Lord? My name is Michelle. Thank you for joining me. I am so glad you're here. I bless you. I know it gets challenging. I know it gets difficult. But we've got to do this thing. Pivot out of a season of cursing into a season of blessing. And let the Lord do the rest. Make that decision. Make that determination and put it before him and let him do the rest. I love you. I bless you. And I'll see you next time on Daily Bread with Jam, a podcast by the Holy Spirit You channel. Have an amazingly awesome day. Bye-bye.